Welcome to the Oak Tree Institute podcast, the podcast designed to empower Muslim leaders through education and skill development. everybody. Thank you for kind of thank you, Amar Tariq Hassan, for being on this uh, important episode. I, I, I think we've uh, we've been thinking about this idea for a while, uh, and Subhanallah, we're we're going through you know an amazing and am- unprecedented times. Times I think uh, definitely in our country and, and I think across the world, uh, kind of times of absolute like. Uh, a disruptive time, a challenging time for many, um, a, di- a definitely a different time uh, that we're all experiencing and we're going to be adjusting to. And so inshallah, what we wanted to do today is, um, as, you know, as an institution is to cover um, some of the lessons for us as community leaders, as uh, people volunteering, engage in our communities. Uh, we wanted to cover essentially lessons on two aspects um, how we should be adjusting, reacting um, to, the, to the times that we're in at an individual level, uh, and what we should be doing as, as, as organizations, as, as a community at large, as an organized community, whether it's a, an institution or a, a nonprofit organization or um, a, a, an MSA or some kind of entity that's really organizing in the Muslim community, but really going through like, you know, what, what do we do now? What are we, what are we supposed to do at an organizational level? Um, and so I, I, I really wanted to, and I'm, I'm happy um, that we have uh, all our instructors, uh, Brother Amr Hasman and Muhammad Hassan and Tariq Murad, um, uh, very excited to kind of us all sharing our reflections, our lessons. And, and I guess I'll, I'll go around to each one of you first to kind of give just your general thoughts. What, are the, what was uh, this whole experience or ordeal or however you want to um, kind of describe it? What has been your your approach to this what have you what have you learned or what have you seen just in the in the past week or so as everything has happened uh we'll start with Amar. go ahead uh, brother Amar. um all right so i guess you put me on the spot first um <laughs> i you know i think it's uh i think i'm probably like a lot of people in the sense that i'm still processing it it's obviously it's unprecedented um i can't think of any time in my life at least i've seen any situation quite like this. And I think that's maybe more indicative that Alhamdulillah, I've had a very like easy lifestyle up to this point. Uh, so this is, you know, it's unprecedented. It's, I don't think there's much of a, uh, a blueprint necessarily or like a model to follow like, hey, when this happens, this is how you act. So I think the challenge is that this is uncharted territory. And so we have to carve out kind of how to move forward. I would say in terms of just reflections and things of that sort, I think there's been a few immediate ones, uh, first and foremost, obviously being that as, you know, as much as we think we're in control of things, we're never in control. Uh, you know, it's like we plan, but Allah plans and nothing is going to overcome uh, his God or his decree. So, you know, that that's the first reminder is just the, our own weakness, our own inability to have control over the things that we think that we do. And then I think second is just, uh, cultivating that sense of thwakul because now you're thrown into a situation where you don't know what's going to happen right like I, uh, I think it's it's similar to a sense of when you feel turbulence on a flight or people give the analogy of like when you're out on the ship and the the waters are stormy 
it's there's nothing that you yourself can do to fix the situation you have to essentially write it out so i think the main thing now is we're we're kind of coming to grips with this new reality we don't know how long it's going to last um but it's now a matter of figuring out what you know how best to make use of the time how to make the best of the situation what lessons we can take and then uh, I think I think the hardest part really is dealing with the uncertainty. I think it would be one thing if we said that, okay, it's going to be crazy like this for six weeks, or we got to buckle down for three months. But then after that, it'll be fine. And I think if you have that in your head, it's a little bit easier. But right now, it's a lot of uncertainty. And I think that for a lot of people is very difficult to, to deal with. Uh, great, great points. Excellent points. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Brother Tariq. I, I guess, you know, just off the bat, the, the first reflection that comes to your mind, um, just in the past week and a half, two weeks that we've gone through this, I know you're, you're in the Bay Area, and it's been pretty hectic out there as well. Um, just your thoughts, reflections, uh, kind of the times that we're going through. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to repeat the issues of tawakkul. Of course, this is really, really very, very important in our lives that we have to have this tawakkul on Allah because nothing is certain in any, in any way. Nothing is certain. We have the, uh, we have the illusion of certainty in, in our lives, we think, but really it's not. But uh, what, what strikes me are two, two different things that came to mind right away. The first one is resiliency. And as you look around you, you will start noticing people who are resilient and people who are not resilient. And those who are resilient uh, are, are ready to adapt and ready to take this on as a challenge and find different ways to handle things. And those that are not resilient, you'll find that they will be really, it becomes really, really hard with them because they're used to particular things happening in their lives in particular ways, and they're not happening that way anymore. So, so that, that's one thing, and we can talk about that later uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the discussion. The other thing that, that just occurred to me, uh, subhanAllah, is, is uh, when, when I was growing up, I was young and growing up, and I was only seeing things always becoming better and better, you know, more money coming in, more, you know, um, you know, situations are getting better, life is getting easier with lots of different things around you. But the reflection I wanted to kind of bring in here is, subhanAllah, last century, there was two world wars. And if you could imagine yourself in a world war, you know, the, the, the world was uncertain for like four or five years at a time plus all the stuff that happened before that 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 got us into the into the world wars alhamdulillah this is a virus that allah has created and allah is a lot more gentle with us than we are with each other and this this gives me a lot more hope that you know with a good tawakkul on allah whatever happens is it's going to be for the best and be be for the good inshallah and uh, we're inshallah will not be at the mercy of other human beings but at the mercy of allah all the time and that, that reflection just kind of came to me and I just thought, subhanAllah, you know, this century, you know, 20 years into the century already and now we're, we're seeing something that is affecting the whole world, like the World War I, World War II. And uh, I'm saying, alhamdulillah, it wasn't nuclear war or anything like this. Alhamdulillah. Mm. That's, that's a beautiful reflection, Zakhbakhir, for sharing. Uh, Hassan, your, your, your first thoughts kind of... Uh, the ordeal going through this, other people going through this, unprecedented times. Wow, you know, um, I mean, it, it has been, um, I guess, few things kind of uh, I've been processing, right? Uh, in one angle, uh, I'm trying to, you know, help my clients 
um, who are, you know, people who are, uh, you know, vulnerable, uh, dealing with addiction, mental health, uh, kind of process this very you know, hard time. Uh, and then, you know, it just, I haven't had time to kind of process because, uh, you know, at my work, I'm trying to, we're trying to move into telehealth. So things are just moving so fast, you know, trying to ride the team, make transition. So it's been very day to day, you know, not even thinking about what's been happening overall. So that's been one, one side of it. Another side have, have been, you know, worried about, uh, I guess, you know, you know that, you know, the percentage of, uh, you know, uh, getting sick from this is it's not necessarily as high as it is for certain age group or what or whatnot uh but it's still kind of inside feeling a little worried and then for, for my family or whatever else and then another time you know i've been telling people last year and a half that uh, two years they know what save as much liquid as you can because it's going to be you know, it's be a good time to buy stocks or uh you know good time to buy some buy uh property whatever and so you know i i've been slowly dumping some money in, in you know in into investment this is not investment advice by the way for anybody uh, but uh, you know so it's like you're dealing good now it happened you know and, and it's happening uh, and it might be for the next another uh, you know uh, year, year or so um, and so it's kind of been like a, this mixture of like just focusing on day-to-day um, so not having sort of time to even think what's happening just just kind of uh, you know dealing with you know the work dealing with okay as things are evolving uh, family-wise and, and and you know just being being in New York um, so that's sort of been uh, my, you know, kind of helping other people, my clients kind of go through this while I'm trying to deal with it myself. Um, you know, it's really unprecedented. And I think as Brother uh, Tariq and Brother Omar has said, you know, even, even from the angle of as a Muslim community, right, of the Muslim organizations, you know, I, I don't know, in my lifetime, I haven't heard uh, masjid, masjid being closed across the world. Like uh, when, I, I don't know, I don't know in the, uh, in how many times, you know, it's not something a common occurrence in the history of the Ummah, you know? Um, and so this, this is this is unprecedented, you know? And so I think it's huge and people's lives are all turned upside down and, and you know, whether because of social distancing and uh, fear, uh, but it, this is this is new, this is different. Mm-hmm. This is, and, and I think, I think uh, what Omar hit on the nail is the fact that, I, and what I, I got to reflect, one, you have no control over what's happening. Uh, not really, and then two, um, there's so much uncertainty. You don't know what's going to really happen. What's the timeline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Hassan, I want. I know you. I know you wanted to kind of speak to that point. So, obviously, mm-hmm. there's a spectrum of how people are dealing with this. Yeah. On 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 the end of like real anxiety, real feel fear, real worry. You know, at an individual, at an individual level, how are people supposed to cope with that? Like, what are they, like, how what you know? But I talked about resilience. How are people supposed to like? get themselves mm. out of that that maybe paranoia or that fear, that panic, um, right. anxiety. That I, I, I think first we have to uh, normalize it, right? I think that's the reason, reason why you're seeing like a lot of celebrities coming out and saying, I've been tested positive. And they've been open about that because they're trying to normalize it. Look, this is, it's more than being a deadly disease necessarily. It's more about helping and, and making sure that we don't affect the vulnerable, right? Folks who might get, you know, sick and, and be lethal for them. So I think the so I, I think I, I, I in a few things that are actually causing I think we have to get to the root first. But what's causing this um, anxiety and worry, which might be normal, but then sometimes is way on over the top, you know, exaggerated. Um, number one, obviously, the lack of uh, control because you don't have any control with what's happening. Um, you know, so, and then number two is the uh, uncertainty because you don't know when, how, where. 
Uh, number three is because uh, of the bombardment of information, right? It, it, you know, 24-7 news cycle and your endless Twitter feed and your endless uh, Facebook and Instagram posts. And so you're constantly hearing about it. It, it starts to affect you. Right? And to the point that some people are showing psychosomatic symptoms, right? What that is, is that you start to think like, oh, I think I, I got a fever. Oh, I think, <clears throat> I think I'm dry cough. You know? um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So people start, because you hear it so much, you start to feel like you have the symptoms. And it's happening among, among my patients, actually, in the, in the clinic. You know, it, 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 and, and so people kind of having these phantom symptoms. Um, and uh, because you hear it so much, there was a recent uh, uh, sort of analysis done that when the news spoke about uh, mask, uh, you know, the search for how to buy a mask went up. So as news talks about it more, it puts it out there, people kind of get frantic about trying to buy a mask. Even though surgical mask, if it's not N95, you know, great, doesn't, doesn't do much. And now, in fact, the strand has kind of uh, evolved or is, is staying in the surface and staying in the air as a particle. So, but people just feel like, okay, I, I think it feels good. I mean, I see people in New York City subway putting their scarf around their nose, uh, or just you know, or their hand, uh, you know, it may make you feel better about it, but it's not gonna really necessarily do much, you know. Um, so that's 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 number three. And number four, I think, what's what's really causing uh, over-the-top anxiety is also somewhat, I would say, social uh, distancing turning into social isolation, right? For some people, uh, not mm -hmm. having that social space, being able to talk, being, uh, you know, their daily routine, their weekend routine. Uh, spending time with friends, families, you know, uh, going out because that also now, you know, ha hampered down that kind of affecting them being able to cope with this, you know, this huge happening in their life. Mm. Mm. So, so, so going from the top, number one, if, if you are dealing with, uh, and, and as, as, as you, as a leader, especially we are speaking to a lot of folks who are in charge of organizations and, and in charge of maybe you have your own company, uh, in charge of your family, whatever it might be, whoever you're leading, unless you, you can get your anxiety in check, your own resiliency at a level, you can't, you, you can't really lead and help, right? So as far as uncertainty is concerned, number one, being able to um, focus on what is in, in, your, in, your, in, in your control, right? The lack of control, focusing on what is in your control. Uh, your day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, schedule is in your control. Uh, you continue to work on, uh, you know, your work responsibility, uh, making, you know, uh, uh, things at home. Those are in your control. Mm. Uncertainty, mm. number two, you know, not focusing on, you know, what's going to happen with, with the pandemic, what's going to be the long-term impact on the economy. You just don't know those information. And, and reading more and more articles, hoping that somebody somewhere in the analysis is going to help you give a timeline that just maybe actually makes it worse. So once, instead, of, instead of focusing on what you kind of do know, you know, as, as far as your, 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 your certainty, you know, uh, what you do know is what's happening today. What you do know is the CDC recommendations that you do know. And then for the mass information, really, I think we have to take, take a little pause from all this 24 seven uh, cycle and, and uh, reading all these endless articles and posts. Uh, it's good to be informed, but when you when you're getting bombarded like that, it's actually not helping. So take a pause from that. Get daily updates, no problem. The government's sending out text messages, you know, from the state. Uh, take, get get the updates, but focus on, mm. you, know, you know, serving your constituents. Focusing on, you know, how how you gonna, you know, move your business uh, to cater in this working from home virtual. I, I've been working on last one month, which is uh, last one week, uh, you know, rather uh, helping transition my, my entire staff into, um, you know, virtual. Uh, which is new for us in, in, in healthcare. 
in, in our setting. And then, and then, you know, number four, the social isolation, really mm. finding new ways to connect. You know, it's not just about making mm. quick phone calls mm. or posting and commenting. It's really about picking up the phone or, or on face, FaceTime, what am I be just, and, you know, just this, you know, talking and, 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 and reflecting and connecting. And, it, and it's still spending the social time now and, and virtually, which mm. people already do anyways, but doing the quality of it. I think mm. those four things uh, would really help you kind of build more resilience. Um, mm. as, as you kind of help, try to help lead yourself and, and your family or your organization or your or, or, you know, work or company. Mm. Uh, I mean, those are great. I mean, those are great reflections, great points. I, I, I think, you know, a lot of times, particularly like as, as let's say like community leaders, people really engage in a community, they're involved, they're active. How are they supposed to, like, those are some really good points that Hassan offered. Um, how, what should communities be doing to like, remedy some of these things that are causing anxiety like obviously uh, I think it hasn't pointed out like that social capacities those you know abilities to find some kind of certainty some kind of like somebody helping kind of console you and when you're going through like that anxiety of like you're you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow next week what should community leaders or community organizations be focusing on right now so that's a tough I mean it's a tough question I would say um it, for a community organization that, you know, their lifeblood literally is, let's say the community work. So whether it's the masjid or an MSA or something like that, where your regular means of interaction is everyone getting together. Uh, it could be something as large as Juma prayer. It could be a, you know, the weekly halakha that 10 people show up to, right? That uh, that's where people go to get that spiritual nourishment, to get that community interaction. And so now that's been taken away, right? So I think for communities, it's a focus on, is there something that they can do to cultivate community uh, in this time? And I don't know that there's a, an easy solution. I would say that, you know, one trend I've seen is things like this, people going live on Facebook, live on Instagram. You know, that's one thing if you're, let's say the Imam or something like that, that might be one outlet. Um, you know, another might be, and it doesn't always have to be facilitated like by the masjid or the institution. It might just be more of a general advice to people is maybe you now create your own little, it could be a WhatsApp group. It could be something, but just to stay in touch. Mm -hmm. um, I think for some masjids, one option might be that if you do have, let's say like a weekly class, maybe you continue those classes, but do them online, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do have your little 15 minute daily reminder that you're broadcasting live, uh, broadcasting out live and the point of that is not to get like build up a million followers or this and that but it's something that is directed for your community and I think one thing that that enables people to do is like you know one thing that I'll give you something super almost I, I don't want to say it's trivial but maybe something that's really overlooked right and that's on Fridays after Juma's over what normally happens is the board member giving the announcements is talking about things happening in the community right so so-and-so from our community is sick, make dua for them. So-and-so in our community, this happened. And they're, they're literally providing a few quick hit updates on the community. And I think that just because, you know, for the next few weeks, maybe we don't have Juma doesn't mean that those things have to stop, right? So the, whatever little actions there are that can help cultivate that sense of community, try keeping those up, uh, even though it might be in a, in a virtual format. So, it, you know, again, it's unprecedented. It's maybe time to be a little bit innovative and see what other solutions you can come up with. I think, you know, one thing is don't, especially from a perspective of community leadership, don't, 
I would say don't burden yourself with the expectation that people want you to have it figured out, right? Mm. No one is expecting the community leader to just come in and be like, here's the game plan, everyone. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're all going to stay sane and happy and positive and all these things. Like no one's expecting, expecting you to have the solution, but they are looking for you to be making an effort. And mm. part of that effort could be just simply soliciting from the community like, hey, uh, this is all new for us. What do you think that we can do to cultivate that sense of brotherhood and sisterhood while we're stuck in our homes or while we can't go to the masjid or things like that. And mm. take that feedback and build little solutions that serve that service your local community. I, I love that. I mean, those are some, uh, those are some amazing points. I think people don't realize, like we have our own, lack of a better word, tribes that we create, right? Our communities are like little tribes and if you don't kind of collect or gather everybody beautifully mentioned digitally now, whether it's on a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or some, some kind of way where people are really, you know, you're, you need to still communicate to your, the people in your community, who you're dealing with, who you're talking to, uh, programs. And, I, and I, even a lot of times, I, and I, Zach had again, great points about like being adaptive and being agile and, and being creative, like how we're going to communicate content. Uh, I think two people should realize not to just keep speaking to people too. Like you really want to get a chance. I think you beautifully said it. You want to hear people like maybe just yeah. connecting and over zoom or some kind of platform. And, you know, people are just talking to each other and like communicating. I, I think that's super important as well. Of course, the, the education is, is, is critical, but that, that social component that it's not neglected where people, you know, make dot for me or make dot this person sick or, you know, subhanAllah, that, that's super, super important. And, and I appreciate very insightful you know, thoughts. Um, you know, I would say this is, a, this is the silver lining, right? I think sometimes crisis pushes us to be innovative. And, and, and I, I'm seeing that, you know, even at, 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 at my you know, work at where we are forced to go into a certain things that we should have innovated a long time ago. Same, same way, we, we, people have been saying, you know, massages need to, or massage or, or, or nonprofits or organizations that serve the Muslim community. A lot of folks are not at physical location. How are you uh, building community off, you know, off space on virtually? So now you're forced to kind of create those communities uh, for a lot of, lot of, lot of our Muslim organizations. And that's, I think, really good. Um, and it will serve us well in the long term. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, I think Sheikh Abdel Nasser said this on our podcast, actually. He said, uh, a crisis is the mother of innovation. Like, you got to adapt or if you want to get it done. Um, yeah, Brother Tariq, what else should, so if I'm a, if I'm a community member, or I'm a volunteer, I'm, I'm leading a committee, a team, I'm a board member, um, what else should I be thinking about in like my responsibilities towards my organization, my community? What should I be, what should I be focused on? Uh, if you will, uh, from other things, from a programming angle, maybe, or other other things. Like, what is my responsibilities now? Uh, what, one of the most important things here as a leader is to recognize, one of the most things important here, important here is to recognize as a leader that people come in many different flavors and come in many different behavioral styles. And some people are very precise with their with their discussions. Some people are very social with their discussion, and so on. So there's several things I'd like to share with you here. For number one, these platforms that we're talking about, such as uh, Zoom or well, Zoom is is very intentional. But things like Facebook, things like Twitter, 
they're not intentional and we've been using them more as an entertainment facility we tend not to believe everything we see on facebook because we know of you know people exaggerate or you know photoshop things and all kinds of things so we look we tend to look at them and we've been conditioned to look at them as as fun or as interesting or a laugh or something of this nature and uh, and and when when we get bothered by them we just turn them off we just don't think about them anymore so now it becomes more important to understand that you know we have to be more intentional with using these we have to be more real with using them and we're trying to really touch and work with other people through the human connection in and of itself but we also have to understand even as leaders that people come in different flavors in terms of how they behave. Some people want bottom line results right now. You know, show me what we can do to, to get Juma back on again. Show me what we can do so I can get my groceries done. Something like this, right? Others want to collect information, you know, they call it analysis by paralysis, right? Uh, paralysis by analysis, right? And just collect, can collect information and not work with it and, and just have a lot of information. And some, sometimes that's good, but in a situation where you have to act fast, it's not the, the best. Others people, other people really want to be out and see people and, and, and be social with them. Others are worried about people's feelings and so on. And so as a leader, we have to really be cognizant of all of these kind of things that are going to go on in people's lives. And we have to be able to help them address them. One of the most important things is to provide a sense of normalcy. And the problem that I'm seeing right now is that all, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, uh, organizations are trying to jump on to Zoom and to jump onto a lot of different platforms. Come over here and let's talk about this and we'll tell you about that and so we'll help you with this, right? And it's overwhelming because now all of a sudden my phone is blowing up. I got to see, you know, a zillion different WhatsApp messages and, and lots of emails I have to start reading and so on. And nothing is in order. Everything is chaotic. So first of all and foremost, you know, the, the leaders have to provide a space for each family to allow them to come to a normal, uh, some part of their life that's normal, that that is that is a little bit predictable. It could be the dinner table. It could be, you know, uh, uh, an hour in the morning to get through their emails. It could be whatever it has to be, but they have to have some time that's normal for them. That is that is kind of predictable. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we know about ourselves as human beings is that we are very habit oriented people you know our, our minds start forming habits very quickly as a young person it doesn't make a difference if i have a habit or not i'm just going to jump into this and this and try all the things as you get older and older you want that steady pace in your life because you have a certain habit of doing things in a particular way when you don't have it you need to establish a new habit so it's very very important at this time is to allow and give advice to the community as a leader to establish a routine of some sort in your house, even if it's just for an hour a day. There's a certain time in the house that's a routine so you can focus and feel normal and feel predictable during that time. Uh, and I think that that's one of the most important things that I would see that, that uh, community leaders have to do. And then after this whole um, rush to bring all these programs together, I think we, we need to kind of help people space out the programs to something that is beneficial and useful. Like, for instance, delivering food to people if they need to, helping people get to the hospitals or doctors if they need to do something that is there is more in control for for the brothers and sisters who are OK and the, and help others feel they're not isolated in their houses 
you know, older people get isolated in their houses anyway. People forget about them anyway. Yeah, sure. Even worse right now. So you have to really reach out and do something with that. Next door is a very good way to do that, right? Next door, you can yeah. actually go visit your neighbors through next door and tell them, if anybody needs something, I'll go run to the store and get it for you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other ways and each all communities face the same thing. So yeah. each uh, community leader will have to do what they can in their own community. Great, great, great. You broke up a little bit there, but I mean, uh, first, I, I really appreciate the idea of the idea of understanding the inclusivity of being a leader, right? I, I think a lot of times we don't realize everybody's taking things differently. Everybody's at different places. Uh, some people are really getting hit hard by this economically, financially. Some people are getting hit hard by this health wise. Some people are reacting to things differently and they do. They're, you know, I think we always want people to be like just toughen up and be, you know, be tough and, you know, this, that, or the other, but people react to things very differently. And I, and I love that inclusive element too. We really need to think more holistically about our community and understand the fringes, not just the kind of what we see in front of us all the time. And I think that's super critical. And I think the other, the other point, and that's a beautiful, and that's an amazing point is what can, how can we understand that the most disenfranchised elderly, those that might be even sick before this, this crisis, people that are, again, suffering even financially, how can the community create some kind of norms or, or some kind of support or help? And, I, and, I, and honestly, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook like everybody else, and I'm seeing some really innovative things from amazing centers, like centers that are giving out free food um, daily, uh, like three times a day. Um, centers that are starting to collect funding for those that need. So you got to put in an application if you're being hit financially by this so that we can support you. Um, I, I think there's a lot of innovative things being done too. And I think that that should reciprocate if you're uh, in an organization or community and you can do something to support uh, those, whoever it might be that's disenfranchised or really getting hit hard by this. I think that's a, that's a great, uh, great, great initiative that can be started. Hassan, you're, you, uh, go ahead, I got you. Okay, uh, so I was gonna say, I think it starts off with, um, you know, you, if you're leading a team, uh, leading an organization, it starts off with you. Um, and I think it starts at the top where I think, think, you know, being able to, you have to know all the answers, you know? Um, and, and like I told my team the other day, I said, look, I don't know exactly how these things are gonna work out. We're kind of learning the state, you know, this, the state is state Department of Health is giving us permission and expanding Medicaid, you know, policies on HIPAA and so forth. That's allowing us to do telehealth, for example. And and I said, look, I don't know all the answers yet because they, they keep asking me all kind of questions. I said, look, dude, I don't know all, all, all the answers. I'm learning it. I'm implementing it. So I think the lead, you have to start from the top and say, okay, uh, you know, let's figure out this this out together. So giving that confidence to your team, and I think a lot of organizations or teams who are really being hit hard uh, financially. There's a lot of arguments is starting to start and people are getting frustrated. People are jobs on the line, even in, in Muslim nonprofits, some people jobs on the line. And and definitely in, in a lot of small businesses and so forth, jobs on the line. And so a lot of frustration, a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension. And I think it starts from the top where you say, look, we don't know all the answers. We're gonna get through this together. We're gonna come out this, you know, intact and, and even at a better place. And then now let's innovate how we deliver what we used to deliver. You know, you know if we, we used to provide you know, education, let's find a different way to provide education. If we provided mm. social services, let's find a different way to deliver our social services. Mm. You have to kind of reevaluate your cha supply chain and kind of your uh, delivery of your of your service. 
And so, mm-hmm. so getting your team together, uh, saying that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna innovate and we're gonna make this work, inshallah. And then, and then kind of, um, you know, uh, going from there. Uh, and then, then you could get to all kind of creative solutions. What your particular organization or particular team, even your MSA, uh, what you can be offering right now, uh, given mm. your mission and vision that you already had. How do you just mm. deliver it differently this time? Mm. Uh, it's great points, uh, amazing points. I actually wanted to Amr to reflect on this. It was a uh, somebody left us a comment that said uh, we should try to facilitate a goal oriented environment that brings some court, some kind of stability to our teams um, or to people in our community. Um, uh, so, th- Ahmed, what would you do if you have like a you're an MSA president or you're on the MSA board or uh, you're a youth director and you have multiple kind of or you're a part of a youth organization or you're just like you're 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 in charge of programming in your center? How are how do you how should you kind of manage your volunteers right now or people that are like they're so used to being busy doing things and now like we don't know what we want to do? How how would you manage or navigate that kind of dilemma that a lot of people are having? Uh, running their organization still, essentially. How would you run the organization still? So I'm not sure if it's going to answer it directly, but uh, a few thoughts based on, especially what Hassan just said. Um, I think, well, one is remembering that the the energy of your organization is reflective of the energy of the leader, right? So if the leader mm-hmm. is anxious and nervous and freaking out, then everyone else is also going to adopt that same behavior. It's just It's just like an airplane. When there's heavy turbulence, you look at the flight attendant. If the flight attendant is calm, still reading a book, and the plane is shaking, you're like, okay, it must not be bad because they're not freaking out, right? So you give yourself a little bit of reassurance. So I think it's important for the leader to present that that front of uh, calmness, of uh, like Brother Dog mentioned, resiliency, all those characteristics. I think the second thing in terms of volunteers and focus and you know, you can't replicate everything that everyone's doing online, but there does need to be a sense of involvement. And this does go back to what you were asking earlier about what the leader should be focused on. I think there's a lot about the programming and helping people navigate through it, but I think there's another challenge uh, that Hassan touched on, which is, you know, in the corporate world, we call it business continuity. Mm. And a lot of nonprofits are lacking any type of continuity planning or succession planning or things Mm. like that. And I think being in a situation where your hand is forced, where you're not able to continue programming as scheduled, you're not able to continue activities as scheduled, it it has a side effect of giving you an ability to shift that focus somewhere else. And I think especially for those for for our audience, where we're talking about people who are in charge of organizations or in leadership roles, I would say that this is a very critical time to get your core team together and start looking at those things, start looking at your mm. finances and budgeting, right? Like, it, you know, a masjid for the last 10 years may have been okay just getting by with their Juma collections and an annual fundraiser and they pay mm. their bills. You know, that that's not gonna work right now. And so now you're gonna be forced to come up with other funding models that maybe will create a better sense of sustainability. Now is the time to start looking at things like, well, okay, if we do have, even though we're nonprofit, but we have paid staff. That's, you know, yeah, it's it's overhead in the sense that you have to make sure that you're, you're budgeting for it, but it's also literally families that are dependent on that income. And so then now is the time to say, well, how can we sit and plan for going three months with a significant dip in revenue, right? Or services or things like that. Um, 
And then the other thing is also just from that continuity succession perspective of, you know, if, if and may Allah protect us, but if there is a crazy situation where there is something that negatively impacts the health of multiple, multiple members of leadership, what's the next step? How does the organization uh, survive? How are the people that the organization is serving continue to be served once we inshallah come out on the other side of it? So I think there's a number of those challenges that will require a lot of deliberate thought and effort and planning. And especially if we're talking about like your core volunteer staff, your core leadership staff, you might not be able to keep them going on the, the things that they were before, but it might be time to redirect their efforts and double down on some of these mm. issues that we know are important, but they're never urgent enough to take priority over the fires that we put out on a day-to-day mm. basis. Mm. Now that we're, we're getting a break from the firefighting, so to speak, Mm. Uh, I would say there should be a sense of urgency to to take care of these items right away. Mm. Mm. It's it, 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 it's a it's a it's a great perspective. You know, there's this there's this kind of like this this uh, double sided nature to it, though, right? I feel like people are they have an amazing opportunity because there's plenty of time and there's like everybody's got settled and kind of a chance to really think again. But then there's kind of this panic or this fear. Uh, where everybody's a little bit afraid too, like whoa, 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 we, you know, you, you know, you can't do both, right? You can't be afraid and think long term. So, like you, you've well, got to be able to. And I think yeah. that's the that's the test of you know. I mean, we we talk so much about leadership characteristics and leadership qualities and all that stuff. Well, you know, like the saying goes, like anyone can steer the ship when the waters are calm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't take skill or talent to to do things when things are easy, right? So now that now is the time where that leadership shows of even when everyone's panicked, can you, do you still have the maturity of thought to maintain a long-term vision? Mm. And are you able to actually think in an 18 month or a 24 month time frame as opposed to a three to six month time frame? Mm. And that is, I'm not saying it's easy, it's definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's the task at hand. You know, you know Rami, Rami yeah. it, reminds yeah. me, it reminds me of the incident in the Sira where uh, in the uh, the battle of uh, Khandaq, right when Rasulullah really, uh, when the humanity, you know, when the the three of the prophet is facing, you know, a uh, annihilation, he he's envisioning, he's you know, they're gonna reach the west and the east and you know the Kisra of, of you know of, of Persia. So I mean, at, at a crisis, you're still thinking about you know what's how far you can go, you know, and and I think as Omar said, I think really crisis tests your character. Right and and how you act, how you behave, how you think, how you deliver in during crisis, uh, mm. for your team, for your people, for yourself, uh, really defines your defines you. This, mm. this is the, I would say this is the defining moment. Mm. And and mm. and so all that good talk, all that nice books on leadership, and you know, and now it comes now here. Comes to life. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so when, when you got the fire under you, let's 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 you let's you what you really made out of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so Zakh has great, great, great point. Um, uh, Tariq, there was a question, Brother Tariq, on uh, how are nonprofits supposed to navigate specifically their budget right now? Uh, so how how should a board of trustees, how should leadership be navigating a budget right now for their institution? Of course, they come in different shapes and forms. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going to talk about that. Maybe you want to speak to a couple of the different you know, a, a masjid or an institution that's doing really well, or maybe one that's not, how should they be navigating their, their, their managing their assets and, and budget right now? 
Yeah, so obviously the first the first situation uh, any board needs to be looking at right now is is looking at all their expenditures. The first thing they want to do is to cut down unnecessary expenditures and see if they can negotiate longer term deals with some of them uh, to to slow down the bleed that they have for fixed costs. Uh, that's one thing which is really really big. Um, uh, for instance, uh, a, a big center. Uh, requires a lot of heating, uh, requires a lot of electricity. If the center hasn't invested already into solar panels, then you know the, the cost of electricity is, is a problem, the cost of heating is a problem, and you know uh, you, you want to shut things down or, or reduce the use a little bit, uh, a lot. Uh, recognizing, of course, that the startup cost again of, of the whole thing will also cost more probably cleaning out and you know mold coming through and all kinds of things that they will have to budget for uh, for organizations that already have a good uh, a good uh, uh, rainy day fund uh, most importantly right now of course is to ensure that their employees are being paid and taken care of and uh, and to um, start looking at different ways to bring money in uh, like brother Omar said it's more important now to look at innovative ways to bring the money in uh, any masjid, for instance, will have, uh, after Jumu'ah, people are coming in, normally dropping something in the box or going to the table and running their credit card or something like this. And that's not happening anymore, of course, right? So now the masjid, now the leadership has to reach out to say, uh, you know, the we, we still like your contributions, we still need our contributions. When we get started, we still have to clean up the place again. Whatever, whatever the message will be to make sure that the operation can continue. Uh, but it's also at this time, I think, uh, again, what Brother Amr alluded to with the with the uh, three three to six month uh, view versus a year and a half to two year view or or four year view or something. Uh, realistically, unfortunately, most of the masajid that we have and a lot of the nonprofits that we have don't have strategic plans for the long term. They have plans for the day to day operation, but they don't really have long long term strategic plans. And many of them will probably be, ca be caught in a situation right now where they don't know what to do because they haven't really planned for a long-term future. But now is a good time to be thinking about that and uh, is to really dig inside leadership and to dig inside the community for different talents and different innovations and different ideas that they can come up with to mm. keep money flowing into the organization and to provide services with that, right? Because yeah. of, of course, we don't want money only, we want the, the services behind that. And if they don't have a clear idea what they're, what services they're providing, it's just Salat al-Jum'ah, for instance, then, you know, they need to really look into this very carefully and, and mm. uh, it may be a good time for them to to assess where they are and, and to think very carefully mm -hmm. how they should be leading mm -hmm. in the future. Uh, anybody want? Somebody else. Oh. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, great, great points. Anybody want to jump into to the kind of this uh, this this issue? I, I just want to do say, and I I'll say this kind of now. Uh, I think a lot of our institutions poorly cover the medical expenses of their employees, mm. um, particularly in a health crisis like this. I mean, can you imagine like the imam of the masjid getting sick, or you know somebody? Had, you know, I, I think not just that their leadership, I know Amr brought up maybe somebody on the board gets sick, but I think institutions should be covering and understanding that they need to be able to cover 
and take care of employees, particularly from a medical perspective. And I, um, I know there's a lot of shortcomings on that end, but you, you need a pandemic to remind you of how critical that is, that you, you should be taking care of this kind of this, uh, this obligation you, on your you know, employees. Uh, I think a crisis kind of shows us the areas that we need to work on. As a country, we figured out that we have some issues in our healthcare, we have some issues in our uh, you know, politics of certain ways and regulations. And I think Masjid are seeing what problem they have in their financial models or no models at all. Uh, they're seeing what kind of, they don't have any crisis management plan. They didn't have all their, for some massage or some nonprofits that we have, they didn't have all their people that they service, all their contacts in one place. They realized they didn't have all their team members and organized in one place. I mean, there was no, remember Rami, we, you and I, we, we went to this uh, conference. We were talking about uh, crisis management plan. This is what, two years ago? Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of nonprofit for them, it, you know, it's not such a, uh, who cares? It's, you know, it's, not, yeah. it's, it's not a really important thing, but people, you know, companies, companies, for example, who, who don't have, even if they have a crisis plan, they're struggling. And so what about, you know, our nonprofits and small organization that ha has no plan, you know, of any sort. So, so I, I guess, you know, my, my, my you know, uh, question, because I, I, I want to actually know most for myself, for, for uh, uh, Tarek and, and with Omar, um, I mean, like, are there, I'm sure our, our folks who are watching this, they're going to ask, what are some practical things, I guess, um, I don't know, we're going to ask that, but what are some practical things, I guess, a massage, for example, can do who are losing, bleeding funds, you know, um, um, you know, is there any concrete advice we have for them? Um, you know, MSAs, they have school funding and they probably semester is done with anyways, so that that's fine. Uh, but even other nonprofits, so, you know, uh, that, that are not really getting uh, their kind of yeah. their day expenses. Yeah. What, what are yeah. some solutions that you guys yeah. have seen uh, other people getting creative and doing right now on the ground? Yeah, go, go ahead, Amar. You can take this. Uh, you have any thoughts on, on kind of this? You brought it up first. You brought it up. <laughs> you take how, it. <laughs> how, should, how should we I'm be navigating? What should we be doing? Solutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tough like part. That. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, it depends, of course, on the situation that you're talking about and, and the masjid and the location and, and the, the environment around it, right? But I'm sure, I'm sure you will find um, uh, openings for grants that may happen, open yeah. for philanthropists who are really well off, that when they see something like this happen, they, they step in. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, even even non-Muslim philanthropists, I'm, seeing, I'm sure, will mm -hmm. step in when they see mosques do things that are that are um, not uh, that are very beneficial for the community i'm sure they will step in um, other things would be um you know just reaching out to your own community and saying you know guys you know we need right now we if we can, if you can't give us money give us your 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 muscles right <laughs> give us your or give us your ideas help us come come up with different ideas but it really all depends on the different locations and the situations of the messages in different locations here in the bay area you know, I, I'm not that worried about MCA. MCA, I'm sure, will be able to weather the storm and there's enough people in the community to be able to support and, and put it together. But, you know, other going up, up the East Bay, you know, there's a few massages which are built on, on poorer communities that probably will have a, a, a difficult time with this and people will need to step in to help them in, in much, much different ways. And I'm hoping that in 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 metropolitan areas the rich will help the poor in that sense i mean the, or the less fortunate in that sense by stepping in to to help them and saying okay we can provide some of our funding temporarily for you or loan you some money or something like this to do it 
But I think the most important thing is we want, we, we want to make sure that we don't lose the properties that we have. And if they're entrusted to Nate or entrusted to any other trust, that will help a lot. And maybe yeah, maybe that's a good thing that communities should be looking at right now. Is there mm. is there real estate put in a trust so that it doesn't get mm. lost to mm. um, uh, anything, you know, like... Yep like any bankruptcy or something like that right so so there's a lot of different things that we that we need to look at and, and we really do need to have contingency plans in place and maybe it's a good time now that it's a good time to think about the contingency plans mm. and come mm. up with them but still um the day-to-day -day right now is really really critical that that we need to help make sure that we survive for the the people that we serve Mm. Amr, uh, do you want to add something to that? Uh, anything at all? I think I think that covers it well. The only thing I would say is, and I know, I know this word gets thrown around a lot, but it's maybe it's time to start thinking is just the idea of the work for the endowment. Um, it's obviously it's not a short term solution. It is a much longer term solution, but maybe now is the time to see what it would take to set something like that up and start at least laying the groundwork for it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great, I mean, great, great points. Go ahead, go ahead, Tariq, you want to chime in? I'm sure the endowments are going to be a big thing now that we come out of this, that, you know, the endowments are going to be start, people are going to start thinking about them very, very strongly. Yeah. That we make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, those are great points. I, I think the only thing I'd, I'd like to add is, uh, I think, and I we did it as an organization, is that you need to really be active in reaching out to your main donor base or your core support donor base right now. Um, I, I think we have generally poor donor management skills and approaches generally, particularly our strongest, most important supporters uh, as institutions and organizations, but there should be a conscious effort to directly reach out. And I'm not talking about like sending an email or WhatsApp message. I'm talking about like calling, getting on a Zoom call, talking about, hey, what's going on? What are the next two months going to look like? Is there any way that y'all can... We, we know that this is what we need. There has to be, like, you have to be on top of your game when it comes to managing your donors and your supporters. And I think it's a very important time to be able to, 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 show, to show them what the, you know, forecast the next couple of months, be able to go to them and see what they, you know, what you can get and collect. And then, of course, then go to the greater general community. It's, you can't treat everybody the same. And I think that's important in, when it comes to yeah. this general donor management. The one, one thing that I would want to point out is... You know, sometimes there's an attitude in the community with some work sometimes that, you know, we're doing good work. And so we're almost entitled to the help in a sense, right? Like, mm. hey, the masjid, for example, the, like the masjid is struggling, everyone needs to help the masjid. And that's 100% is a true statement, like full stop, no exceptions, right? Um, from a leadership perspective, though, I think it's important to have also that element of compassion toward the community and realizing that one of the consequences of the uncertainty is people are going to be a little bit hesitant right now to give. And so mm. even though organizations are in need of money and the need for donations is like going up at the same time, people are, because of that uncertainty, they don't know what their own financial outlook is going to be. Like there's a lot of people who either have already lost their jobs or are fearful of that possibility coming in the next couple of months depending on how things go and so there you know I, I guess the thing that I want to stress is 
if you are in leadership and you're not getting the influx of donations that you would have expected, um, be be lenient with the community. Don't don't take that to heart as if if you're failing, but have just a realistic understanding of the situation and know that it is it's going to be tough for everyone right now. And so, yeah. even though you're in need, you might not be getting it right away. A hundred percent. And I, I'm 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 going to hear your thoughts, Hassan. But I think another thing that stood out, and I thought I alluded to this, is when we have a lack of collaborations, partnerships, uh, the, the, you know, whether it's the, 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 um, the, the, whether it's the kind of the public sector, government institutions don't know you, you haven't been, you, because I, I, I mean, I was watching the New Jersey governor the other day and he was like, all religious organizations are going through this crisis right now. Churches, synagogues, all of them are, are bleeding, losing congregants, having a spiritual you know, kind of that void of spirituality for their congregants. I think the, the the networks and the collaborations and the partnerships that you've, the allyships that you've developed, um, they're, they become so crucial now. And, and really, if you haven't developed those as an institutional organization, really, it leaves you exposed a bit. Um, that, you know, it's it's just the, the greater societal help is, is not there. And I think that that's something to hopefully people are working on or they're trying to work on now in, in a way that they haven't done before. Um, okay, so I, uh, great, great thoughts. I, I want to kind of wrap us up um, in the next uh, five or 10 minutes or so. Um, so I'll go around just kind of like sharing one last thought or what would you, you know, let, let's, let's frame it like this, like what would be your most important advice right now to, you know, if you're speaking to people, again, having these major responsibilities. I, by the way, we, we need to empathize with our community leaders. Like nobody elected, nobody was elected with the expectation that they're supposed to lead the Muslim community, their, the Muslim community in their locality during a pandemic. Like nobody signed up for that, right? Nobody, I think everybody would have declined being elected for that. So I think there's a level of empathy we need to have as members, as, you know, just, just supporters in any way for people that are ne needing to make tough decisions that they, you know, nobody signed up for, nobody took a, a PhD course in, you know, a, a master's course in. So uh, I guess what, what is the one advice you would give going around to every single, to each one of you? What's the one advice you'd give and how to weather these times right now? Like what, what is the most important thing and what is maybe something practical that, that they can implement day to day or be really keep top of mind as we're going through this kind of really disruptive time right now. Uh, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Hassan. We, we haven't heard from you, um, so God has. You're muted. I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Zoom said you, you know been quiet or something. I'm not sure. So, anyways, um, you know, I, I would say it's the conversation I think Rami, you and I were having uh, yesterday. Uh, I said kind of the lessons that, you know, that I, I thought about uh, as we, you know, saw the uh, bathroom tissue crisis, you know, um, <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the bathroom tissue crisis kind of taught me a uh, few things about leadership, you know, and, and I think as you look at it, uh, you know, one of it is that, um, you know, you, you, you kind of have to um, go from being uh, selfish to uh, altruistic, you know. So especially in a crisis, you can become very self-centered. Uh, become, you know, a big masajid can say, you know what, we, we are bleeding money. Uh, so, who, you know, or big organization can say, look, yes, we have pretty good, pretty good security, but, you know, uh, but at that time, as Barak said, 
giving out, you know, kind of loans to the smaller organizations and, and things like that. So kind of kind of expanding. And that goes at a personal level, you know, caring about your elder neighbors who couldn't shop instead of you stacking up more canned food and, and buying up, you know, all, all the tissue rolls. You, you could think about a little bit about other people as well, you know. Uh, I think panic does that to us. You know, we, we kind of become very uh, selfish in that in that way. And then and then you know going from uh, this paranoia to really uh, some some level of thinking, um, the realizing okay what is exactly the situation instead of just getting in this frenzy. Uh, and I think a lot of small businesses, uh, a lot of organizations, uh, leaders they're gonna get in a frenzy zone you know, because of this all the thing around them. As a leader, you kind of have to step back, sit back, and you have to kind of say okay, let me analyze what is what is actually the data, what, what exactly is happening, what's the, what's the possibilities, um, and then and then let me weather the you know storm that way. Um, and, and then I think in a crisis like this, uh, you kind of become like as if I have to fix everything and you forget that ultimately you got to have this confidence that and this faith. And as, as a Muslim, and obviously that, you know, Allah is in control. I think that's what we started with. And I think Omar made that point, Abu Tariq made that point. Um, and, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, Allah is, is in full control and uh, I can only do what I can do. You know what I mean? Uh, I can't do beyond that. And I, I don't have I don't have to solve, I don't have to have all the answer. I don't have to, have to piece it all together, but I could just do today, you know? And I think if, if people who are leading organizations or just for yourself, uh, whether you're scared financially for uh, for your own, in, in your own business or in your career, as long as you're leading also nonprofits, uh, just knowing that, you know what, you gotta have some little bit of talk as, as was made very top of our, of our episode. Uh, just keep Keeping that in mind, really, like you know, having that full confidence and kind of you know going through. So going from self-reliance to having some faith, you know, you 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 got to you, you got to know that you know what it's gonna get a little, a little more tougher than before it gets better. It's gonna get a little worse. I mean, this is, we haven't hit the peak. We haven't hit the peak economically. You know, we haven't hit the peak uh, even as, as a pandemic. Uh, it's gonna get a little a little more worse. But you know, inshallah, we're gonna overcome. And 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 you gotta have that kind of confidence, and because we, you know, we're gonna overcome uh, as we go forward. Great points, great points. So I'll I'll just add. I think it's just one simple advice, which is there's a lot of difficult decisions being made, and there's gonna be a lot more coming. Whether it's you know uh, closing the masjid for the Friday prayer, closing the masjid altogether for all prayers. Uh, these are not decisions that are taken lightly by anybody. Uh, the only thing that I would add is there's going to be a lot more decisions coming that are going to, you know, have a high level of difficulty. Just don't leave out the element of Salatul Istikhar in that, in that process mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. evaluating these and having to make a decision that's going to affect the entire community. Uh, make that a part of your due diligence because no matter what decision you make, a lot of people are going to be extremely upset with you. And that's going to be the only way that you can maintain a clear conscience that you're trying to do things the right way and for the right reason. That's that's amazing. I, subhanAllah, I'm a, a very poignant. We've talked a lot about like thinking strategically and planning and, and things of that sort. I think that neglect, gets neglected a lot, yeah. particularly when you're in a position of, of leadership. You really need to spend some time where you do everything you can possibly. As I know you speak about your work in your workshops, right? you, you, you tie your camel do everything within your means and then trust in Allah. I think that's super important. Um, brother Tariq, your last kind of advices or your main, what, pe what uh, people in the community, people that are leading, what, what should be the most top of mind thing for them as, a, uh, as they kind of go through this day to day? 
so for the brothers and sisters who are leading the communities, I think one of the most important things for them to realize is Allah chose them in that position at this time. And it is their uh, uh, job and duty to do the best they can with the resources they have. But they also need to know that the community stands around them and works with them. And they need to reach out to the community. It's not the time now to be isolated. It's not the time to say, it's all on my head and I need to make all the decisions myself. Shura now is very, very important, as well as Salat al-Sikhara on a regular basis. Uh, those two are very, very important. And because Allah has put you in a position like this, most likely this is a good thing for you to discover something new inside yourself. Some power, hidden power inside you that you do not, you are not aware of that Allah is trying to bring out from you. So it is really the time to do this. And this is not only for the leaders, but it's also for the leaders of the house, for the people at home. It's also the idea that it is now time for me to look inside myself and find whatever new power Allah has given to me that I did not know of, but he's put me in a situation where I did not expect to be in. And he's given me some ways to think about this, and I should really spend some time to really think this through. Uh, for the for the leaders, uh, you know, it's, you know, billah is really, really, really important. Recognizing that you're in a position that Allah put you in just at this time. For the the secondary leaders or for people in the in their homes, if they have time and they have additional time with themselves, it's also a good time to improve yourself in many many different ways. Whether through things that you haven't been doing with the Islamically, whether it is in your technical abilities, in your in whatever courses you can pick up and work on, or something like this, these are good. If if you have, as my my uh, my uh, son-in-law put a picture out of uh, a father working at home by tying up his kids, <laughs> so it can work. If it's a matter of having to learn how to deal with your kids and to help, yeah. and, you know, to understand different times of the day that you need to work. That's also a good thing because they sometimes need their parents a lot more of their parents' interaction, and don't re and recognize just as a leader reflects to his people that he leads that you as a parent also reflect on your kids, and if your kids see that you're that you're steadfast and you're you're resilient and you're thinking properly through something like this, then they will also learn that from you, and not give you a harder time. Absolutely. And you know, every one of us is in a test with this, and may Allah make these tests easier for us and, and make us a better person, better people for this for these tests. I mean, I mean, beautiful reflections. Uh, to bless all of you. Amazing, amazing insights. I think really, um, really kind of important things. I think a lot of our um, community leaders, uh, people really involved, people leading, involved supporters, holding together institutions and organizations, a lot of really uh, amazing kind of insights that they need to know. Uh, I hope, inshallah, that we can continue to support you all. I know, alhamdulillah, we have a lot of people watching on Facebook and uh, a lot of comments, and uh, we, we want to kind of continue to support you all. I know everybody kind of alluded to thinking strategically and, you know, you know, investing in yourself. That's something that we're doing at Oak Tree, uh, mashallah, with, with uh, Hassan and Omar and Brother Tariq. Uh, we're, we're all, that's, that's what we exist to kind of train and invest and, and give whatever we can of knowledge and insights uh, to our community so that they can become better leaders, so that they can lead their 
institutions and organizations more effectively. So uh, we'd love to support you at this time. Uh, doing that virtually, I'm sure we, we know uh, there's a lot that we can do virtually for, for organizations and help and support in any way. Uh, so I ask a lot to best all of you. Barakwafikum. Uh, thank you very much, Omar, Tariq, Hassan. I uh, really appreciate it. I ask a lot to protect you and your families. And inshallah, mm -hmm. we will, bidnillah, try to kind of continue this in, in a way that we can uh, continue to show guidance and support uh, to our community. Barakwafikum. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Oak Tree Institute podcast. For more episodes, subscribe and follow us on Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. And for other content that we have, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.